What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey y'all, Double G here from Fight Game Media. Your favorite podcasts on this very network have been putting up some great bonus content on the Patreon. The In The Clinch podcast, hosted by Paul Fontaine and Ryan Frederick, posted their UFC 270 recap show just hours after that show ended and this week the folks from the rap are putting up their 2017 royal rumble rewind bonus show also i know that john LaRocca from the take it home podcast is trying to get former wwe heartbreaker antonio the promise thomas on his bonus show add to the great shows that are exclusive to the patreon including my show with john covering 1998 raw the Dynamite Show with Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins, which goes up right after AEW Dynamite is over. Scott Edwards' five-star Joshi Show, as well as the full version of Brace for Impact. It's just $5 a month to support your favorite podcasters, folks. Patreon.com front slash Fight Game Media. And boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, everybody, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back with The Boom. I'm your host for this evening, James B. McDaniel. You can follow me everywhere online at Peppermint Fatty. But before we get into the show this week, and there is a lot of show to get into, I want to do a quick word from our sponsors. Who are our sponsors, you ask? We don't have any, but I want to give a quick shout out to our subscribers on Patreon. Give us check us out patreon.com slash fight game media. You get all, all the regular shows you get through our regular feed. Plus there's going to be patron only shows each and every month from every single host on the fight game media network. Kevin and I are bringing you our very first, well, our very first soul uh, patron exclusive coming up the first Friday in February, Kevin, you want to tell them about it? Yeah, we are going to set some time aside and cast some vision for 2022. Where We know that uh, we're certain that Tony Khan probably listens to this show every week for our opinion on how he's doing, running the he company. He put Wardlow squashes on Dynamite. 
Yeah. Exactly like we called for him to do. Exactly. See, we say it, it comes out there. So what we're going to do is lay out basically the state of AEW, where we think they're at, what would they need to focus on this year, maybe do a little fantasy booking, look at all the free agents, and maybe some people that we would nicely let go to other future endeavors, and just sort of... Uh, you know, just take a look at the air to spend a little more time on it than we'd normally be able to take in our weekly show. The thing about this this uh, this patron cast that I'm the most excited about is the idea of going through everybody that ROH released, mm-hmm. everybody that WWE's cut, the hundreds of men and women that WWE has cut, and and go over who would you take, Kevin? Who would I take? Mm-hmm. And like you said, who would we cut to replace them with? Because even though this will be fantasy booking, there will be a lot of fantasy involved here. <laughs> You got to make room. Everybody knows AEW already has too many people to really fit fit them all on TV. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Again, this is going to drop either Thursday or Friday, the first week in February. Um, and by the way, the patron, the Patreon, it's only five dollars a month to become a patron. Kevin saved you that much last week by reading you a free four dollar article. That's right. I mean, you're, you're right there. It really comes out to a dollar a person. Hope you'll check us out. And as always, go check out fightgamemedia.com. Um, so yeah, Kevin, let's get started. How has your week been, buddy? I'm thirsty, and the only thing I drink is blood. Oh my God. We we knew it was coming. We yeah. knew we were getting John Moxley thanks to GCW, who uh they, they just keep breaking things that Tony Khan should be the guy. He should be the guy to be breaking these things, but no, it's all GCW. By the way, the GCW pay-per-view, the world on GCW is going on right now. We've already had Thunder Rosa. We've already had Smart Mark Sterling. We've already had Marco Stunt. John Moxley's coming out. We all think FTR's coming. I've got this on, on my computer while we're doing this show. Uh, You might hear me just randomly lose my train of thought, which you always do, honestly, and probably mark out. I'll be and so, yeah, you'll probably be getting some live commentary of GCW as we go. But, yeah, we got John Moxley back and he kicked it off the way only John Moxley can with an F-bomb. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. A well-deserved one, too. So well-deserved. The first time around, I didn't hear what the guy said. Mm -hmm. When When I went back and watched, I heard what the guy said. He deserved every bit of that. I really hope they grabbed him. I really hope they put him out of they put him out of the arena. And by the way, there have been some awful, awful takes on the return of John Moxley. I can't even remember offhand who it was, but there's somebody out there, kind of major on Twitter, who is like John Moxley. Oh, oh, it was Bully Ray. Bully it was Ray. Bully Ray. John Moxley like owes the fans an apology. Yeah. For going into rehab and like taking care of business. Missing dates. Missing. Give me a freaking break. Give me a break. We've had. That's it's it's ludicrous. I And I, I had a lot of talk with friends this week about it. And the general consensus is but like I'm not going to pull punches here. Bully Ray may be the dumbest man to have a mainstream outlet in professional wrestling. And that's saying something when your opinions are so bad. There's some of the dumbest in professional in professional wrestling. Like, come on. Yeah. Do you think he really meant that? I don't know. Do you think I he's- see? That's the question with him. I don't know if he actually meant it. Or he's just trying to get hit. He clearly you know? didn't think about it. No, he really didn't. He he and Tommy Dreamer are the two guys who kind of sur- who are still around and still have f- semi-major outlets that really need to watch what they say or just choose more wisely um, what kind of clickbait you want to put out in the world. Yeah, yeah. But man, disrespectful. The pop was everything we thought it would be. I, I thought, oh yeah, 
people yeah. went wild and he looked had, amazing. He looked great. He, he looked 10 years younger, literally. Yeah. yeah like, look, he looked everybody, amazing. everybody that's listening to this, they've seen the side by side comparisons. Yeah. He, he, like his face was, was so much thinner, mm-hmm. but in a good way before it just looked puffy. It yeah. looked, and now that makes me wonder. I don't drink alcohol very often. Maybe I'm just a, a secret alcoholic, and even I don't know. Maybe I'm not actually <laughs> Doing it in your overweight. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. May, maybe that's why my face Maybe you is should so start puffy. drinking and then stop. That's what I need to do. I, I yeah. think that's what needs to happen here. Yeah, no, he looked fantastic, and he looked like he was feeling good. He looked like he was feeling it when he came in the room, too. You saw a little moment where he just sort of was yeah. like, this is real. I made it. And, man, that... <sighs> I don't even know where to begin, like where he the the silence that fell over the room when he started talking. It's like it's and I saw somebody else say this. So this isn't an original thought from me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like everybody in that arena. Number one, they, I think they were honestly reverent and wanted to hear what he had to say. Mm-hmm. But also they kind of were overcorrecting for the asshole at the beginning. I, th- I think you're right. I think it was at that moment that they were like. No, we're, we're here to listen. And yeah, and and he I mean, there was I mean, you talk about a pin drop. There was literally nobody speaking. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, and he starts talking about a dream that he has about a demon, you know, that told him you don't deserve what he has and talking about these the scars on his body more than most. But the, the scars important that thing are inside the yeah. stars that are inside are the ones that are more important. And I just thought, man, this is. You know, I, I don't know. I thought a lot about it after after he did, and that's there's something that happened. And then, I mean, I was emotional. I was a little teary eyed when he first came in. You know, because it's like you, mm-hmm. there's a weird relationship that fans have with wrestlers. Yeah. You watch these people for decades, and and you feel a connection to them that's different from say like following the career of a Leonardo DiCaprio or someone like that. You know, and. So when someone goes through something and I, and I think that really the last 10 years, I was trying to think of moments that felt like this. And it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, the punk pipe bomb promo felt a little bit like that, but it was more of a cathartic thing. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan, after he won the title and talked about his dad passing away, you know, uh, in, um, what was that? 2014, um, his retirement, when he talked about being grateful for what he'd been given, you know, even yeah. though he had to walk away from it, you know, Punk's return when he came back on Rampage that night and talked about yeah. how he had to get well. Like, there's this thing that's been happening in the last 10 years where these people are making like real human connections with the fans. And that's what we saw tonight was even though even though it was also an excellently crafted wrestling promo. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, what you were saying about how we're seeing the fan, we're seeing the wrestlers make deep connections with the fans these days. And I don't know exactly when that changed or how I'm, I'm assuming it probably has something to do with the rise of social media or even a little before with just the rise of YouTube where wrestlers are able to go out there and, and connect personally and, and have, have conversations with the fans, speak directly to them more they can on TV. But right now I have to say, and this is like a societal thing. Mm-hmm. I feel a deeper connection to wrestlers mm-hmm. and podcasters that I listen to all the time than I do with some friends who like, for instance, a great old friend who lives in Tucson, who I get to talk to, you know, two or three times a year and see like every five years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
with John Moxley and, and different people like that, especially when they're on social media, you're interacting with them every single day and you're watching right. them on TV a couple times a week. And then with podcasters, you're often listening to them every single day. Like I do know Brian Alvarez personally, mm-hmm. but before that, I'd already been listening to him for like six years every day. Yeah. And I feel like a real connection. Like if anything ever happens to Brian Alvarez, I will be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very similar thing with these wrestlers that, that we watch every week. Yeah, I think so. And and I love it when they give them the space mm-hmm. to to just do that. And they realize the moment's appropriate, you know, because you're going to buy into them. And when they go into their fictional story, you're going to be that much more invested yeah. with them. And that's one of the things that he did great was was, you know, he he really bore his soul, but he didn't really get into details. You know, he didn't talk about like what his home life was like or what he'd been through in rehab. Didn't even mention the word rehab, you know, but he talked about I've been to hell and I don't recommend it, but there's no hell you can put me through that I haven't already been through. And it's like, you you know, he was able to turn it into um, something that he'll be able to build off of. All, you know, yeah. it, it makes me think of the last promo we saw before he left to take his time off. And he was telling the story about his baby girl holding his pinky. You know, oh, my God. And how he realized I, that nothing was more important in that moment than her. And somehow you were like, he's going to turn this into going heel. <laughs> 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 and we're going to buy into it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's something that made me think of today was a. Uh, um, the writer Anne Lamott, who is the last person I would associate with wrestling, but uh, you know, she's an author who writes a, a lot of different memoir type books and stuff. And okay. she's got a famous quote. This is the greatest consolation you can give anyone is two words, me too. Mm-hmm. And that was a quote that she made before the me too movement, but that's kind of right. what it was built on is the idea that when someone is showing you their scars, it's more, you're more able to share yours. Right. And I, and I know, you know, that years from now, I mean, God bless Moxley. I hope, you know, that he's able to stay on this track, you know, from now on yeah. there, you know, years from now, there'll be people coming to autograph signings and say that promo on uh, dynamite was the last night I took a drink. Yeah. Like we both know there were people going through hell when they saw that promo. Yeah. And they and, the, and the, their ears perked up and they paid deeper attention to it. And I guarantee you, it helped some people. Might have been, yeah. might have been a couple people, might have been hundreds, might have been thousands, might have been other people that, that he works with. Absolutely, like we we've never. There's not an industry on this planet is heavily affected by alcohol abuse, drug abuse, um, brain trauma as professional wrestling. And whether we know it or not, following them online, there are people in that locker room who have go, who go through hell on a regular basis. And, and watching John Moxley not only go to rehab and mm-hmm. come out looking so much better, but mm-hmm. also seeing the support he got from Tony Khan, yep. from the fans, from the other wrestlers, from his wife, that can that can make all the difference in the world in somebody's lives. And um, I love that we have a wrestling company now where this can happen, where we can get yeah. the honesty, where he can say what he wants to where a guy can publicly go to rehab and come back and not lose a spot not go down the card at all and not have to apologize for missing dates and not have to apologize for missing dates and by the way uh as we jump ahead to to his match with Ethan Mm -hmm. page on rampage i loved his entrance he's throwing chairs he's kicking stuff he's got the anita jacket on that's right the the i found the match a little boring Mm-hmm. Just I, and I think that was me. I don't know. I just wasn't. 
I think I wasn't feeling the length of it because it went a little while. And uh, but man, I was right back in it when he faced off with Brian Danielson yeah. on the way out. There were a lot of polls this last week over who's Moxley going to be paired with. Mm-hmm. I was voting for Danielson. I felt Me like too. that was going to be it. I knew you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're getting. And I'm excited about that, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. I am too. I I was a little bored by the Ethan Page match too. Not that it was bad or anything. Ethan Page no. was fine. I really liked the yeah. ending too. That that Page didn't tap. He just sort of he passed out, passed and, clean out, and then yeah. woke up like he didn't know what happened. It's a very UFC type ending. But uh, um, you know, I think it just it just didn't match the energy that people felt when he came out. You know, you you wanted to see the energy, and then they lock up for you know, a collar and elbow and kind of slow it down a little bit. And I don't know. I think that's some, as we talk about the rest of the show, I think that's kind of a thing that they're doing now where they're, I think they need to be doing shorter matches for a while now yeah. just to keep the energy up. But we can get into that when we talk about the rest of the show. Absolutely. But yeah, super excited about Brian Danielson. I thought they played the moment perfectly. It sounds like, looks like Danielson's carrying over the personality he had with Paige, so he's probably sticking with his heel persona for a little while. Heel, heel Brian Danielson is phenomenal. Yeah, just he's that phenomenal. sneer. Yeah. There's been a lot of really great heel work lately in AEW, and it seems to all like kind of be, I don't know if they're building off of each other, like, like different heels are watching Brian Danielson, but man, there's so much great heel work right now between things that, that Danielson did, things that MJF's doing, even things the acclaimed were doing, um, it's a great time to be yeah. a heel in AEW. There aren't that many faces going around though. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping we can, I don't know how they're going to solve that, but. I think in, like I don't think it'll be that big of a problem. So after that, we've got uh, let's see, we had um, Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. I, I very much enjoyed that match. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, near the end, we had Britt and Adam Cole set up a table. Orange Cassidy accidentally knocks Britt Baker through it, and Adam Cole is just livid, just. Yeah, his face was wonderful, and he did what every man in AEW tends to do, and he uh, he nutshotted Orange Cassidy <laughs> yet again and Yen won bag. the match. Yet yeah, Yen bagged him yet again. What yep. do you think of that match? It was fun. It was like you know we've talked about how they kind of they're more prone to do kind of house show type matches on dynamite. And this was one of those things where it's just crowd pleasing moments, you know, them, the mind games of, I'm going to tag in and tag, you know, they established the, you know, that the can't cross gender in the match. So every time I tag, you've got to get out of the ring and use that to make each other mad. I loved the, uh, that when orange started doing the soft. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say when I was talking about the heel work earlier, I knew there was a big move, the big moment that I couldn't remember. And that was it in this match. Mm -hmm. That was such great heel work. Yeah. And when orange was doing the soft kicks to Brit and she stomps on his foot, you know, it's like they're just so good at taking what are the little tools that people know? And then how do we play with those tools? And these, Uh, yeah, these four work together really well. Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people feel like that, the Adam and Britt are being brought down by dealing with best friends. But my feeling is that that best friends has kind of moved up a little bit in, in this feud. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons it's so confusing when you go from Chris Statlander in, in these working these matches with Britt Baker to going back to getting beaten down by Layla Hirsch on Dynamite. Right. Um, it, that That's a little confusing. That is but a also, confusing. This was the match. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the match where they thought they had one of them pinned. I don't remember if it was Chris or Orange, and they got out, and um, 
Yeah, it was definitely this one. And Chris and Adam are mouthing each other, basically WTF. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> the I love bomb of the night. Yes. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Yeah. It well, yeah, it was the uh it was the AEW version of the NXT face. Two count face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was like, fine. I like I liked uh, Jim Ross's call too when they're setting up the table, and he's talked about how they were they uh, they had practiced that uh, in, when they rearranged their apartment. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Um, basically, uh, there's a there's a lot. One, let me see how to put this. One of the big parts of the psychology of wrestling is using your face. And it's the same with, with actors and dancers mm-hmm. and all those things. Um, getting the crowd involved with your face. Mm-hmm. Like there are people that can, they, there are people that can up the star rating of a match by a star or two just with their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And, and Adam and Britt are, are, t- are top of the heap when it comes to that. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons I like, I just wanted to make sure people knew that's why I loved that moment so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. It, they're, like they weren't physically saying words. They're just mouthing things. They're working with their eyes and their eyebrows. And uh, they were telling a, a story there. And yeah. it was great. And good camera work too. I don't, you know, Very good. That, that of being able to get that shot and know that's coming and things like that. So those are easy to miss. Yeah. So next up we had MJF Ward. MJF um, was at commentary for uh, Wardlow. No, I'm sorry. Punk, sorry. Punk versus Spears. That's my fault. I got the notes all jacked up. How but. dare you, sir? How dare <laughs> I was, I should it was the be promo using, before is what I was thinking of. I should just be using my brain, though. <laughs> and and the, this was the whole deal was Wardlow got so disrespected this week, last mm-hmm. week, even though he, he had CM Punk beat, which I thought was a huge moment. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this week Spears is going to show you how it's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lost in, what, three seconds, five Something seconds? Like where, that. where do you yeah. put that? Something I think it was like six, including the pin. Yeah. And and that goes back and it's part partially a build off of a complaint we had or I had a mm-hmm. few weeks ago about both Brian Danielson and CM Punk. But I think it was more Punk was having these long matches with these young wrestlers like Lee Moriarty yeah. that he shouldn't be dealing with for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw here. He only deals with him for 10 minutes if he wants to deal with him for 10 minutes. He <laughs> did was, not want to deal with Sean Spears. No, and it was perfect. I mean, the way they played it was perfect, you know, because yeah. the last week's Rampage, Spears had a match where he beat a guy in like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then he cuts a long promo about, I'm the guy you never see coming, and I'm the guy that MJF sends when he wants to send a message. And they just played it up so huge. And kudos to Sean Spears because – that guy, obviously, when he first signed at AEW, he probably, you know, thought this is my chance to be at the top, you know, get on this company. And he just didn't quite ever really elevate past the mid card. Yeah. And, you know, other people with a bad attitude might might take offense to being asked to do what he did the other night. But he did not. He played it up to the hilt, the way yeah. that he mugged for the camera, the way he when MJF came out and he's pointing at him and saying, like, look at me, boss, look at me, you know. He's given it his all, man. He yeah, is he working hard in, in in this angle to in these like everything. He has given it his all, and I love it. And he's been one of the people. Like I've got a lot of friends who they say they're AEW fans, but they love telling me what everything AEW is doing wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and he is always a guy that comes up like they can't even get yeah. Sean Spears right. It's like, well, 
who has got him right. Right. Like, no offense against Sean Spears. He is a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And there is a great character out there waiting for him. And he might just be coming into it right now with this chairman deal, the whole relationship with, with MJF. And of course, I, I we absolutely have to go back and go over Wardlow's the birthday promo with Wardlow yeah. and MJF. You want to take us through through that? I know it started out with MJF basically wishing Wardlow a very a very sweet, super soft, happy birthday. Yeah, and then yeah. things went a different direction. He apologized for losing his cool, but then regretfully had said that he had to dock his pay because he because he touched him, yep. uh, which I guess you don't do. Um, and uh, I think he had another little backhand calling him an O for something. I don't remember what it was, but there was a couple little things there. Yeah, just some little needles. Birthday docking of pay. Yeah, the birthday docking of pay and and all that. And so it's just, you know, continuing to lay the seeds. They're being more and more overt with uh, Wardlow and kind, just being frustrated. Yeah. And what we saw was Wardlow might be second only to Hook when it comes to being calm, cool and collected, which the Internet, for some reason, has determined in the last year mean is actually calm, cool and collective, which it is not. <laughs> That's true. Wardlow just took it, to, you know, he let it roll off his back. He made a face, kind of nodded, and and we all know like Ward Wardlow's gonna get his when the time comes, or MJF's yeah. gonna get his from Wardlow. Yeah, and uh, it was a great it was a great promo. It was a great I little know, segment. I kind of wish they had let him come out for the match and second uh, yeah. Spears just to just to have that extra bit of him playing up and maybe you know corpsing and trying not to laugh at Spears, yeah. you know, and oh, MJF being mad. Why didn't you do anything? And him just being like, you know, hey, what am I gonna do? He lost, you know. You know that that kind of builds to a bigger thing and. It, I want to say a bigger thing is in a wider issue in AEW right now. And I don't even want to call it an issue because it's just something I've noticed. And I'll bring it up right now on. I can't remember if it was Dynamite or Rampage. I think it was Rampage. We we got um, we got a promo from Team Taz. Um, and the, and I don't even remember who they were cutting a promo on. I don't even mm-hmm. remember. I think it was Dante. It was mm-hmm. definitely Dante. And it was just Will Hobbs. And Ricky Starks, mm-hmm. when Hook is the hottest thing going right now. Yeah. And I'm like, why wasn't Hook in this promo? Why wasn't Taz in this promo? You've got like, this is the hottest team Taz has ever been. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen them all together once other other than I think the la- one time Taz was on commentary, they were standing behind him. And I don't even think Hook was a part of that. Mm-hmm. And now and we have... um we see what's going on with Chris Jericho and with the inner circle. We never see all of them together. Jake yep. Hager's never there. We, we, the pinnacles never together. We, all of a sudden we are only getting bits and pieces mm-hmm. of all these different factions. Even best friends are never all together anymore. It's always one or two. You yep. know, when Anna Jay came out for her match on rampage, it was, it was just John Silver when for most dark order matches, everybody's there. Yeah. Like negative ones there. If there was a dog, the dog would be there. <laughs> but lately, just we have not seen factions together, and that's mm-hmm. odd. The fact we haven't seen all of all of the pinnacle together backing MJF, much less Wardlow and Sean Spears, is, is just a little weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's intentionally doing that or um, it feels like it's again, just... it feels like it's a company wide thing. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I mind it, if that's, if that's the direction they go, because it does kind of, you know, um, yeah, it, it just makes it difficult. You just have less pieces to move around the yeah. board. And that's kind of why I was saying, like, I don't, 
I don't want to say it's an issue. Yeah. It's just an observation. Yeah. And I'm guessing this is a new way they're going. It might even be, it might legit be a cost cutting thing. Like we're, you know, we don't yeah. cut people, but if they're not on TV, we're definitely paying them a little, you know, they're not getting right. paid to be on TV. Right. Might be yeah. something as simple as that. Yeah. Speaking okay. of the inner circle, there was a little dissension uh, this week where in the, in that next segment, they were interviewing Jericho Santana and Ortiz. And he said he didn't care about Eddie Kingston. And that was a little too much for proud and powerful. I was good. Oh no. I was just going to say that I I got excited about this. I've been kind of excited about this. I don't know if this is going to be the end of the inner circle. It kind of Mm -hmm. feels like it. I'm honestly surprised the tag team match they have set up is Jericho and not Kingston. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think any of us thinks that Kingston's not going to be there. Kingston's going to be there. He's going to be a part of this. I'm excited to see where this goes. Chris Jericho, by the way, and I, I will say the same for Adam Page, and this is something I noticed probably more than most people. Chris Jericho's had some weird outfits lately, man. <laughs> He's had some weird outfits. Adam Page has come out in some weird outfits. Luckily, when he came out on Dynamite, which we're going to get to in a second, um, he didn't have a weird outfit. He had a normal human outfit that normal humans wear. And, uh, yeah, they've been making some odd choices for Chris Jericho. That's all I'm going to say here. I think, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> I think he does his own shopping. I think he does. And I, and, and I don't, know and I don't think idea. I, it like, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Of course, this brings me back to one of my all time favorite, promos in AEW history or video segments was back during COVID when we had Chris Jericho in his hot tub in yep. jeans. Yes. I don't remember. I don't remember what he was saying. I don't remember what he yeah. was talking about. I think he was talking I just about remember he got up and got out. Yeah, yeah. He got up and got out and he, he was fully clothed. He had yeah. boots. He had jeans. My God, it was those were man. Chris. Look, Chris Jericho may like was a big part of saving this company during covid like the inner circle was so hot they were doing mm-hmm. great segments like that every week mm-hmm. and and now he's just showing up wearing goofy jackets and no shirts and <laughs> i don't know what's happening man i don't know i i'm thinking and he's gonna we're gonna see evil chris jericho again before too i long. want evil chris jericho like i want new japan face mm-hmm. paint evil chris jericho i really hope we get that out of this um, it feels like the inner circle has been a big deal for a couple of years now. Um, and as much as I like to think of the four horsemen being a 20 year deal, mm-hmm. the, my four horsemen, Barry Wyndham, four horsemen, I think that was like maximum four years. Like it's time to do some other things with some of these guys. I want to see Santana and Ortiz branch out. I want to see him do things with Eddie Kingston, even if they get back together at a later date, which I would hope they would mm-hmm. like, we, we need some new things out of the inner circle. We thought we were getting it when MJF came in, et cetera, et cetera. And then it just led to, to inner circle versus pinnacle. Hope we get some changes here. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it's time. I think it's time to split them up a little bit. So now we're coming to the Cody promo. Mm. This is, this was look, Cody can cut a hell of a promo. Cody's great at cutting a promo, but sometimes you come off of them and you feel awesome. Like, man, that was an awesome promo. I can feel his emotion in my heart, in my soul. And then you start thinking about that promo (laughs) and your brain starts to die a little. Yes. Like you need to go get like a Red Bull or something to recharge things. Right. So I took some notes here. Yeah. So the, the point 
let's start at the end of this promo. Okay. Well, it starts with a giant ladder. Which he brought um, in during the commercial break. Yes. Which I thought was actually a nice use of the picture. It was picture. smart because it's giving you something to watch, but you're mm-hmm. not missing anything if you're not watching it. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with him calling out Sammy Guevara for a ladder match. Yeah. Which is, I can't wait for the ladder match. That's going to be awesome. So what we learned was the point of this promo was to start a ladder match with Sammy Guevara. Right. So we start out with him reminiscing about CM Punk's pipe bomb speech. Yep. He talks about how everything CM Punk set up in that pipe bomb speech, he did, he accomplished in real life. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't turn heel because you cheered when I needed you the most. Mm-hmm. So he tells us top pipe bomb speech. He tells us he did everything in it and he's not a heel. Then we learn he built the forbidden door. Mm-hmm. He's been gone two weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that came into play. Doesn't want to see Young Bucks versus Red Dragon. That nope. he does not want to see. No interest. Nope. Ricky Starks is his good friend in real life. Yes. That was thrown in. I don't remember any context for that beyond just they were good friends. He was advising him to stay away from Jay Lethal for some reason. Well, because Jay Lethal has the most vicious cutter in pro wrestling. That's right. It's the only we, one you don't kick out of. That's right. It's the only one. So you don't mess with Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks said so. WWE is naming people Gunner McGillibuddy, which is not only an attack on, <laughs> not only a, a joke on Gunther, but I believe... Um, I believe that when Bray Wyatt first started, his last name was McGillicuddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know you think we're near the end of this if you didn't no, see it. No. We're nowhere close. No. We're nowhere close. Um, We learned that uh, Brody King has big balls. Yep. But that negative one is going to beat the shit out of him in eight years. In eight years, yep. In eight, okay. yep. AEW does not have secondary belts unless Sammy Guevara is also holding said belt. Yep. Um, And then he challenged Darby to a ladder match. Then he talked about a Tony Khan cinema contract. That's not the one he wants. Mm -hmm. And then he said, they're going to have it at beach break. Then he goes, oi, oi, oi. This was not a ska performance. Yeah. When he says, oi, Sammy Guevara, what do you say? And then he started climbing the ladder and I just started thinking. And then there was an awkward pause. There was a long, awkward. It was like he was on Craig Ferguson. The end of the segment, they did the awkward pause. I expected him to fall off. I expected this is so awkward. This whole thing has been awesome, but awkward. I expected him to fall off the ladder. He did not. <laughs> no. And again, I was he hyped was pretty careful coming down too. Yeah, I was hyped at the end. I think yeah. a lot of people were hyped, although the mm-hmm. crowd. Like every like, look, a large portion of the crowd was clapping. A large portion mm-hmm. of the crowd wanted nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were trying to shout him down. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxley did not get out get out all the the malcontents, no. but uh, the whole thing was nonsensical. But it was it was really fun to watch, man. It really was a journey. Yeah, it was a journey. <laughs> John Moxley talks about how he's going on a pilgrimage. Like that was a pilgrimage of a promo. And I we went to hell and back with Cody Rhodes. In we did, minutes. and yet he barely talked. I mean, like I felt like he barely. He didn't really build up the match. I mean, you know, they put a no. big ladder in, and that's all you need to do. But he built you know, up a match with Jay Lethal. Yeah, every time I thought, 
every time I thought he was going to connect it, he says, I'm gone for two weeks. And I thought, oh, well, this is where he's going to complain. Go. Here we I've go. only been gone for two weeks and you can't even you can't even live without me for two weeks. You got to put yeah. a belt on someone else. Well, that's no. that's fine. We'll climb a ladder and I'll prove to him. You know, it's more of like he, he invited Sammy Guevara to do a ladder match like he was asking him to go to lunch. Yeah. And uh, I can I don't remember. Did Sammy accept when he was doing the cue cards yeah, from the he beach? did in the cue cards from the beach? He's down in Brazil meeting uh, Tay Conti's family. Look, there's no there's no evidence of that. This in my life at the moment. But I am a straight man. But I think putting Sammy Guevara in a Speedo on the beach <laughs> is probably good to get those female ratings up, yeah. which they have been doing because this show this week beat Raw in the 18 to 49 demo. That's right. And uh, I have to think that had some played some small part in delivering those women, Kevin. Yep. Sure. <laughs> By yeah. the way, you know what? I'm going to throw mm. this out here right now. Even okay. like, it, it, This shouldn't have been on Dynamite, but I am, honest to God, really enjoying following Sammy and Ty on Instagram and oh, watching delightful. Sammy Guevara, like meeting Ty Conti's family. Yes, it's like, adorable. The, the kids, the old, like all, it mm -hmm. is adorable. It's legitimately adorable. And um, if you do go and follow them, please don't attack them and harass them. Please don't yes. do that. Just yeah. just watch the adorableness and be happy that like life is sometimes great. And these people are having a wonderful time of it. Yeah. Let these kids live their life. They're exactly. They're, yeah. And they're That's legit funny. kids. They're like in their 20s. Like, right. They're little yeah, tiny babies. <laughs> That's right. Very tiny, really hot babies. Exactly. Really hot babies. We are getting canceled, man. So quickly. <laughs> So quickly. Hopefully Garrett never hears, hears this part of it. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at this giant list here on my phone. I don't, you yeah. can't see this. And I'm like, okay, what's next in the notes? And I realized, no, that's just the breakdown of the Cody promo. Yeah. It is a giant page of notes. Right. I think next up was the house of black. We got the black. debut of, I believe, was it the Kings of the house of black? The, the admirers of, of the, the black. Of Bla they're, 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 this has this, how they announced it. Honoring the Black Throne. Yeah. They are the king. No, sorry. Honoring the House of Black. They are the kings of the Black Throne. I like the name Kings of the Black Throne. Like this sounds hardcore sci-fi slash fantasy. You could go either way. This could be Warhammer. This could be um, a song of ice and fire. I'm down with I'm down with that. Um, they uh, the varsity blondes were so scared of Malachi Black and Brody King. Mm -hmm. Brian Pillman couldn't even jump up to the top rope to do a move. He hesitated. I can't remember if anything happened in this match with Julia Bla with Julia Hart. No, I literally almost said Julia Black because <laughs> she's got the patch. She's clearly yeah. turning. She's wearing black tights now instead of her cheerleading skirt. Right. Um. And then at the I think the biggest thing that came out of this was the pack promo at the end, which I mm -hmm. thought. I think would have been better if he could have delivered it from the ramp. Yeah. But he's probably in England right now is why we're not seeing him. Yeah, I've got to think and so. Why, yeah. And uh, and he's basically saying he's he's not a part of the House of Black. He's going to be the guy that ends the House of Black. Yeah, I liked his line at the very end that said, I'm going to make a murder out of you. That was a nice <laughs> that was a nice line. That I was like that. great because we're talking in all these kind of uh, in these like even even the name feels like mm -hmm. it's something that deals with like a kingdom the the martyr like using mm -hmm. the word martyr was absolutely perfect in this situation and um it's two on one and look 
we're always wondering not only about the forbidden door, but about new signings. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if somebody's going to come in to support him or it's going to be he and Penta. I have a feeling it's going to be him and Penta at least I think short term at the for beginning. Sure. Yeah, but then we go back to his Instagram, something that you brought up a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. where he insinuated there were going to be three. That's right. That's right. But I think I learned from that week that maybe uh, Malachi does some wishful thinking. He does some fantasy booking of his own on his uh, Instagram. Maybe, but it also may be that we read something like that and we're like, oh, this is going to happen now. Yeah. And and AEW takes its time. It might happen True. two years from now. There might That's be right. a third person. To, it might be Sue. I mean, eight, it might week, be eight weeks for chaos. negative one to show up. Exactly. And the the longest, the longest seated heel turn of all time. <laughs> if I'm Brody King, I'm immediately trying to push this with Tony Khan right. to have to guarantee that eight year deal, just to have the Brody the the oh my god, just to have the Brody Junior match one day. Yeah. So then we have Lance Archer versus Frankie Kazarian, oh and for the first time we got the return of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. And now we see for a second. For a second, and I like that it's Jake and Dan Lambert, and it, and it makes me think they're just trying to, like, Jake can show up, no need to go near the fans, no need to worry about getting COVID. Jake is not a young man, not in the best health. Let Dan Lambert get the COVID. I think most Americans <laughs> would rather it. Dan Lambert yeah. take that COVID shot. Um, but I, I like to see that Jake is still here. Jake Jake is still working with him. Jake is still eight feet tall, by the way. Which yes. Back in the day, man, everybody was so big. Mm-hmm. Everybody was so big that let me tell you how professional wrestling messed up my idea of human size. Okay. <laughs> like I start getting heavy around 12 or 13 years old, and I'm like, okay, Brian Pillman is a light heavyweight at 235 pounds. I'm only 175. At 12, I'm yeah. good. Like, I'm good for a little while. Yeah. Just like people want to talk about Barbie messing up women's self-images, professional wrestling me- messed me up because we never saw Jake Roberts as tall. Right. He was just a skinny, wiry guy. The man was like six foot nine. Yeah. Like, just ridiculous. Yeah. But the Archer-Kazarian match happened. He's about to beat up Kazarian more with a chair afterwards. Hangman Page comes out. Uh, do you want to break down the interaction for us here, Kev? Yeah, he he. Uh, well, first of all, that match was way too long. That it was match way was too long. So long. I and it, yeah yeah. And I and I and uh, I think some people because it was announced like only an hour before showtime, maybe two hours before showtime, and then there was a scheduled FTR match that didn't happen. I okay. think because their opponent, I think either either uh, Lee Johnson or. Um, uh, oh, Lee Arn, Johnson Arn, and Brock Brock Anderson. Brock That's Anderson. Right. I think one of them had COVID protocols or something. Oh, that well, uh, that explains why. But man, it shouldn't have been this match. It shouldn't have been this. Shouldn't have been this match. Now, and and to me, I mean, it's just the theme we talk about every week is how they're handling Hangman, and this was another thing that they could have handled. The what happened was they had a long match, went through a commercial break. Archer wins. Um, they start cutting a promo. Uh, a little more on him. Um, he starts to attack Kazarian again post match. Page comes out to save him. Uh, they brawl a little bit, throws him in the ring, uh, goes for the buckshot lariat. Archer chokes him to counter it, so gets out of it. But then uh, Page beats him down with some uh, forearms, knocks him out of the ring, and Page bail. I mean, uh, Archer bails. All that was fine. I like that. I like. I like the Hangman standing tall. Um, I think 
what I would have loved to have seen is, you know, we talk a lot about how the world champion needs to be in multiple segments. We need, mm-hmm. He needs to feel more like he's, I get the way I keep saying it is like, he needs to be more of a gravitational pull in the, yeah. in the center of gravity in the show. And if they had had a short match, whether it it's Darian or someone squash. else. He had, yeah, he should have been a squash. He had a match on Dark, uh, Archer, that was a squash yeah. match. You could have done that. It should have been that match. match beat yeah. down. Paige comes out to save him and then do the same thing. But instead of uh, Archer taking a powder, they could have just had a wild pull apart brawl where they're like trashing tables and everything. I mean, just chaos. That's how you add the time. Have and then, that. Yeah. And or go to commercial then say, hey, we're going to go to commercial while we get this in order. And then in picture in picture, you're seeing just this chaos while they're yeah. trying to, you know, do it. And then when they come back from commercial, now they're backstage, orders restored. But let's go to the hangman right now. He's backstage with Tony Schiavone and he's all pumped up, hyped up. And he's like, you know, he does that line that was from the video package where he's like, if you want a shot, I'll give it to you. If you want to fight, you know, I'll, I'll bring it to you. How many times in wrestling history have we seen a Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mike Tyson situation yeah. where you have every ref there is, you have every worker in the building, you have 30 people in that ring keeping them apart, but they keep coming back after each other. Right. That kills They should have been time. brawling in the stands. Yeah, absolutely. Because look, I... That's should when Archer's guys, at his best. Should, yes. Should guys really be brawling that much before match? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you're going to do it. You're going to have them connect. And by the way, I want to mention real quick, Adam, like Hangman Page is making awkward choices outside of his wardrobe. Like Lance Archer has a chair. Adam Page <laughs> gets up. He has a boot in his hand and he has yep. a gold belt in his hand. Mm-hmm. He attacks with the boot. I don't know if that's, that's the, the best choice. I get maybe like, hey. Your mom used to hit you with a with a chocolate as a kid or whatever. Like, just use your boot. Why not? Like, you yeah, grew up not? like that. He's trying to prove he's a real cowboy. Exactly. With his cowboy boot. Perfect. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this, the thing is, Lance Archer should be killing people. Adam Page should be killing people because mm-hmm. we you already have the criticism that Lance Archer isn't ranked. He's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. And here, not only did it take him forever to beat Kazarian, like, Adam Page pretty much whipped him. Like yeah. he, he like he took the shots, he stood back up. Right. And he beat he, he beat him down, put him over the top rope. Um and that's why I think a brawl that that just gets out of a chaos, back and that forth. doesn't have yeah. a definitive ending. If it's a brawl where it's just finally is set it up, to me that builds up the match because nobody expects Archer to be a serious challenger, right? So right. If he actually does get a title shot, no one's going to expect Paige to win. So instead of saving him, selling it on the tension of who's going to win, they need to sell it on this is going to be a wild match. Yeah. And by the way, there's a lot of people critic like giving a lot of criticism for the Lance Archer thing, which I was excited about from the be- from the very beginning. But look, man, did you really think Tugboat Thomas was going to beat Hulk Hogan? <laughs> did you really think Big John Studd or King Kong Bundy were right. going to take that title? Like, right. come on, like a a monster heel against a, mm-hmm. a, a white meat baby face. Mm-hmm. The, the, the history is there and the giant dudes are never a real threat unless it's Andre the Giant. Like, right. come like this is the way things are done. And it's going to be a fun match because Lance Archer is a wild man. And we're just getting into that phase where Lance Archer, again, that first match against Brian Danielson, he wasn't 
that offensive. He wasn't that energetic, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and he did that the second time and he beat mm-hmm. Ryan Danielson. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to see him against a legit wild man, a Stan Hansen type. And that's what I want to see. I want to yeah. see Stan Hansen types against world champions. And I remember when Stan Hansen came into WCW, he, I remember yes. like he was like, he went like his first 10 matches. He didn't win. Cause he kept getting disqualified That's for right. just choking people out with the cat, with the rope and the cowbell. Yeah. And he was the biggest threat in the business. He didn't have a single win. Right. And I, I, I just, I look, I'm into it. I like, I yeah. like the idea. I think it's gonna be a fun match because he just had a 90 minutes of classic wrestling yeah. with Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson. And now he gets to have a huge brawl, you know, that I think is going to be a great, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. It doesn't really bother me. I, ju- I just wish that, you Would know, have been I'm, great if I'm just heard from Adam page after we just like need more, every week. He just needs more time. He's never more over than when he's wrestling Yep. or, or sticking up for somebody. Yeah. And, and he just needs to do that more. And he's just not, it, you know, they just need to give him a little more time at, at the height of the inner circle. I feel like we saw Chris Jericho mm-hmm. five times an episode. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we probably did a lot, a lot of weeks. And we're getting him once every week, one time, one self-contained segment. They have people that are only on television for their backstage interviews. And we didn't get a backstage interview with him. And, 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 and this is something that I didn't realize was missing until you started pointing it out. But every week it's, it's more and more clear that this is missing and it needs to be there. Put your champion on TV as much as possible. Like, look, a lot of people that had there were a few weeks there where AEW felt off, mm-hmm. and a lot of people I think had um, I heard from were saying like, "Look, Kenny's gone. The Young Bucks weren't there at the time. Yep. Like yep. all these big stars weren't. Moxley was gone. Moxley coming back felt big. Adam Page should be on TV two or three times as much when other big stars are out because he is a big star. Something that I should have pointed out weeks ago. There's been a there's been a poll going on Reddit." for weeks what it is is they put they put a list up 36 36 AEW wrestlers and every week they said vote for your least favorite mm-hmm. and the first one out and every week people would vote first one number 36 Jake Hager first one voted out the next week Brian Cage and it went until we got down to only two people and thousands of people voting this every week the final two Adam Page, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega ended up beating Adam Page. But for all the people saying, like, Adam doesn't feel like he's at that level, for the fans on Reddit, the thousands of fans on Reddit, he's the number two guy in the company or the number one guy in the company. Because it, was, it wasn't a blowout. It was like 61, 50-whatever, 40-whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it was close. And um, put him on, like put him on TV because you want stars on TV. You don't need Layla Hirsch and red velvet on TV. They are, they are fine on dark and dark elevation. Put Adam page on have, you know what you need more time instead of having it be Frankie Kazarian wrestling Lance Archer, give him two minutes near the end of the show. Taking two minutes off that match might've made all the difference in the world because it wasn't a 10 minute match, but it felt like it. Mm -hmm. I, I know we've had times where AEW, uh, tries to do too much in two hours and it feels like, yeah. you know, a little too chaotic. But I think right now they have a little pattern going where every time you start a match, you don't really need to pay attention to it until the commercial break because yeah. the second half of the matches after the commercial break are always really great. And the first half are, you know, okay. And you, you don't know. want to be predictable. 
it's becoming predictable. And so I think things like that, where they, you know, mix it up a little bit, tighten up certain segments and use that time later on to come back, you know, like we talked about last week of interweaving the show better to where, uh, you know, there's a theme to the show and there's, and there's, it's not just a segments and this segment happens and then this segment happens and then this segment happens. But like, this is a, this is an event that's happening in the building and there's certain threads we're following and we'll hear about that later, you know, to, uh, the, on this show, uh, they did it all right with Cole, you know, after yeah. his match, he's so mad. He comes out, you know, I love when they get a promo with a guy who's sweaty right after the match and he's like, yeah. you know, f- still fired up and, you know, he's they just give better promos because he's got the adrenaline going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Adam Cole has been, again, he's been one of my favorite things on AEW for the last feels like six weeks, even though he's, he's wrestling best friends he's not wrestling serious contenders he's mm-hmm. been my favorite part of these shows for a while now um so next up serena d versus sky blue and before we talk about this i want to jump back to the beginning of AEW, when the dark order was not over and they were just mm-hmm. creepy perverts that's all they were <laughs> creepy perverts yeah. and then brandy starts her own faction of creepy right. perverts and AEW felt really heavy on creepy perverts in fact when we went to name this show and the boom was the number one name i thought about putting forward creepy perverts but (laughs) you're a church going man it didn't feel appropriate so i'm going to start this out i'm going to be the creepy pervert and say sky blue has the best gear in wrestling don't at me come for me and you'll catch these hands the best gear in professional wrestling maybe of all time that's all i wanted to say today i will be the creepy pervert I will let that comment stand as is. Although I think you will have, there's a couple of people in the group you might take issue with who are, who are big uh, Jimmy hater supporters of her gear. There, there, listen, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing a match between Jamie haters gear and sky cause sky blues gear. That's a great gear match right there. It could even be, well, I think I was going to go too far saying a gear versus gear match <laughs> either way. Um, and by the way, I hate Serena. I hate Serena Deeb's gear right now. Like she came out that one time dressed kind of like Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. And then like, I, I feel it's a little odd to have a really vicious heel dressed in powder blue. Mm. Also, the colors of the Louisiana Tech Lady Textures, who used to be a, a, a women's basketball powerhouse, but no longer. It just feels really weird to see badass Serena Deeb wearing that yeah. powder blue that's like... I don't know. I, yeah. I wish she was wearing darker colors, like literally mm-hmm. just something darker because she's a bad guy. Simple yeah. as that. I get but that. It's she's, great yeah, seeing a Serena Deeb match. Like type. She wears the hair bun. Yeah. It's the only, only, only wrestler I know who wear, who has a hair bun. The but only I love one. It. it looks good on her. She works at work. I got to tell you, um, there was like, I think I saw one thing, one mess up where, where, where Sky was out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know actually if it was her or Serena Deep. I'm going to assume it was Sky Blue because she's legitimately like 19 years old. Right. For a 19 year old who's been in wrestling like a year, this was mm-hmm. a pretty good match out of Sky Blue. Do you think she's better than Anna Jay? I think she's 10 times as good as Anna Jay. Yeah. And I hate to say it, I don't think she's 10 times. I think she is better than Anna Jay. I think she's probably maybe a little bit above red velvet level. Like she's not mm-hmm. like, she's still green. That's clear. And she's limited yeah. in what she can do, but she's gotten pretty good, pretty fast. In my opinion. I, yeah. I, you know, everybody might disagree with me, but she's, she is wrestling above, above her level right now. Yeah. And good. For she's her. been, she's been well taken care of. And she, and she, she, she is a person who can be taken care of. Well, if that makes yeah. sense. I Some feel people... like she, yeah, I feel like, 
they have started to realize she's going to be a big deal at some point, mm-hmm. regardless of what gear she's wearing, because mm-hmm. you're able to put her in a spot like this with Serena Deeb. And it was a good match. It was a solid match. Yeah. There was nothing to be embarrassed about with with this match. And 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 you get that in some of these in some of these matches with um the greener women in mm-hmm. AEW, yeah, which, again, we'll they're, they're, they're forced to have some green women in AEW because WWE signed all of them. But, hey, they've released some and hopefully we'll have a few more Mercedes Mar- Mercedes Martinez's yep. and Jamie haters popping up. Somebody in the Fight Game Media Facebook group, and I tried to look it up today, but I could not. It was like a needle in a haystack trying to find that specific comment. So apologies to whoever said it that I'm not going to give credit to. But uh, someone suggested that Layla Hirsch should get paired with Serena as her protege. Instead of instead of joining like a team Taz or a pinnacle or something like that, just have them form their own thing and have Layla be the, you know, badass girl in training under Serena D. But I really like that idea. That's a great idea. I just feel like Layla does need to be in a team Mm -hmm. like Layla has some like, look, she has some amazing pros. She's a great wrestler and she's a great wrestler in a way most of the other women aren't. She's again, a tiny little suplex machine, Mm -hmm. but she has weaknesses that do need to be hidden. And I think put her, put her in a group that allows them to be hidden. And the idea of Serena D being this black widow killer Mm -hmm. and her training up Serena, uh, I'm sorry, Layla Hirsch, Mm -hmm. who already is a killer. That's a great idea. I love it. Yeah. And would be good for her in real life too to just have Serena in her corner, you know, yeah. uh, help, you know, right there looking at her matches, helping her, you know, give her tips on things on how to how to how to have a different looking face. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. How to look that, how to look mean. How to look mean. <laughs> that's a that's that's perfect. And by and the then way, you've got and then you've got uh, Marina Shafir running around. She's all elite now and you could have a little you could have a little faction out of that. Ladies and gentlemen, go to go to AEW shop or what shopaew.com. Take a look. Marina Shafir, I got an email from them showing some new uh some new design elements of, of their or just some new shirts. There's a really cool Adam Pay, I'm sorry, Adam Cole slash DMD one. And there was a great looking Marina Shafir shirt, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Um, who we haven't really seen much of since her debut. I don't think she was on dark or elevation last week or this week and she hasn't no. been anywhere else i hope we get more of her though um but yeah but listen putting anybody who needs help with any level of their work with serena deeb is the way to go one of the reasons i loved seeing her with sky blue this week um next we had a fascinating segment and i don't want to i don't want to say a great segment <laughs> but it sure was interesting where Andrade purchased the HFO. It's now the AHFO. Andrade has controlling interest with 51%, but Matt Hardy has three board seats to Andrade's two. It's Andrade and his um, assistant, whose name escapes me. And then Matt Hardy. Jose. And, uh, yeah, Jose. There we go. Can't, how did I forget Jose? And then, uh, so Matt Hardy and each member private party has a board seat. I think it's very clear where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, private party is going to sell out. Yeah. And then I'm assuming maybe Matt and Jeff, maybe Matt, Jeff and Lita go to war with the entire HFO. 
I hope that's what it is. That sounds awesome to me. I hope that's what this was setting up. But man, they went into depth as to how this company's set up. Matt Hardy, CEO, Andrade yeah. is the president. We've got board seats. We could be getting into like days of our lives territory yeah. very soon. Somebody what? was watching Succession on HBO before That's this. exactly right. My God, I went with the show I watched when I was three years old with my babysitter instead of going with S Succession. <laughs> my God, I'm an old man. Hey, I, was, I grew up on Days of Our Lives. Patch and Kayla, all that. <laughs> I saw a man die in a volcano. I saw people get yep. bullets cut out of themselves yep. in some underground lair all before kindergarten, which I started at the age of four for some reason. Um, but yeah, one thing I liked about this that I don't was no part of this segment at all, but standing in the back, we saw the butcher, the yes. butcher and the blade. It was so good to see him back fresh from his band breaking up. Yes, I was. I was wondering, like, is he back because the band is over? I've never I've never really listened to that band. So I, you know, I'm sad for all the fans of that band who are not going to get their music anymore. But when I saw the band was breaking up, I thought, yes, exactly. Maybe I he'll go. Know. Yeah. Listen, I was absolutely happy about this because I'm like, now we get more butcher and I love the butcher. I really want more butcher. It's an amazing tag team we never see, which, by the way, when he came back for his one match against Stone Pitbull, he, I believe he like he tore a muscle and now he's going to be he was going to be out for months. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the band didn't love that. What if Stone Pitbull of chaos destroyed this band? <laughs> that could have that could have happened. They yeah. got so mad that he came back for one match, canceled the concert where they probably lost a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, I can't tour anymore because of the I, of I tore a bicep. Yeah, because of Ishii. My God, we live in a strange world, my friend. Yeah, that's the life of Ishii. He he can't be held responsible. No, the next match is one of my favorite matches of the week. I think. It might have been my favorite match of the week. Um, Sting Darby Allen versus the Acclaimed. Again, we got another Acclaimed video. Then we had, of course, the Acclaimed coming out doing their rap. And I was on the phone with, with a friend of mine who has been an Acclaimed hater the whole time. He hated the rap gimmick. He hated all of it. And as they're talking, he's like, I finally get the Acclaimed. Like, I finally get it. And he's like, I don't know if their raps are better. I don't know if their work is better, but they've always been good workers. And I was honest to God feeling it at the exact same time. I've always supported them. I was never 100% into them. It felt like they arrived in this match or at the beginning of this match. And they had a really solid match, which they put Darby Allen out early. And as soon as he gets hauled to the back, you're like, oh, he's flying out of nowhere at some yeah. point. Yeah. So we get 85-year-old Sting. I think he's actually 61 wrestling a handicap match for a very long time and we had this end with darby allen flying out of nowhere taking out everybody i remember when it happened i was on the phone with said friend and i'm like where did he come from like i saw him hit them where did he come from i did like it took two or three rewatches to figure out where darby allen even came from then we have sting fly yes. off the stage Putting, putting, I think Max Caster. Max, yeah, like yeah, face first. The table. The table. Face first, yep. What did you think of this one? Well, well, like, did you particularly enjoy this match compared to the I rest? I really of the did. It is crazy to me that some of my favorite matches over the last year have been Sting matches. Yeah, you know, between this that six man tag, 
Dude, uh, when we were doing the the kind of the year year in review, mm-hmm. one of the yeah. matches I legitimately thought about, and people I told this to made fun of me, mm-hmm. the first Sting match, the cinematic match, mm-hmm. I loved that match. Mm-hmm. I loved the Sting cinematic match, much yeah, less great. his actual in-ring work where he's yeah. putting multiple people in the Scorpion Deathlock at the same time. Yeah, and I don't know how long it can last, but, you know... Uh, they're just doing such a great job with him, and he he seems to be pushing it like an inch further every week. And I hope that we that we're able to figure out where the limit is and put one inch back. And I hope see he's him. not in charge of determining that limit because yeah. he is always going to go a step too far because he's a mm-hmm. professional wrestler. Yeah, and he's sixty one, and no, and I listen. My dad was in his eighties with cancer, mm-hmm. and and he told me, and I and I made the mistake once of of using the word word elderly in a conversation with him in reference to him mm-hmm. and he's and 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 it blew my mind he's like son i when i look at myself in a mirror when i think about myself mm-hmm. I, I don't feel any different than i did at 30 and all of a sudden every athlete playing a few years too long mm-hmm. made sense to me and yeah. that they're always they never think they're old and slow mm-hmm. it's i just was off a little this year i'll get mm-hmm. it fixed cuz you really i don't feel any different than i did when i was 20 mm-hmm. other than my knees which feel much different than they did when I was 20. <laughs> but yeah, like he will go a little too far and I hope hopefully somebody else is going to be the one to put the limiter on that. But man, I love watching it right now. Yeah. And he's loving life right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can just tell there's joy in what he's doing. There, there's a video on the AEW YouTube that's after the show where he's, he, uh, you know, is just, they're just, let's give it up for staying. And, and he thanks Tony for says for, thank you for ending I think he said, thank you for letting me end my story the way I want to or something like that. Like you can tell that he's like, this is my final tour and I'm finally getting to leave on my own terms and wind up with my career on my own terms. And like we talked about with the Moxley thing, that's the kind of thing that connects you with people. That's one of the reasons people love seeing Sting like this is not just because he's the old great gimmick, but it's like someone, you know, we've talked about how we grew up on Sting. I Back in that year end show, you know, the first piece of merch I ever had was a Sting t-shirt. The first wrestler I ever slapped hands with at the arena was Sting, you know. That's awesome. And by the and, way, yeah. I had the worst Sting shirt ever. And Which I thought it was, was it? so cool. It was a pink shirt. Uh-huh. And in the middle was a f- tiny logo. Uh-huh. And the logo was or a tiny piece of art. It was a scorpion body uh-huh. with a Sting torso. Oh coming out of it with Sting flexing. Wow. And it was like a scorpion Sting Minotaur. And it was so bad, man. The merch <laughs> back then was so bad, but I yeah. bought it. It didn't fit me either. I was a Mine, little too yeah. heavy for it, but I still had to have it. Mine was black and it just had the Sting name and then it had like the little tail coming off. Oh man. And, but the little but the one. but the tail, so it was like it was like turquoise blue and the and the tail was like pink. But the tail, this like the stinger of the tail was in that. Like, do you remember that puffy paint? Yes. Like, yes. It, it was like puffy. It stuck out off the shirt. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that your sting shirt. And I figured it was. I'm glad it was Surfer Sting, who will always be oh, my yeah. sting. Always. always. But, yeah, it was so sad. If he, it would have been. It would have been honest to God for for guys like us from the South, a little bit of a nightmare for Sting's last match to have mm-hmm. been in WWE, a place that he you might say every would, man's nightmare, every man's nightmare, but a place he was, I believe he was truly proud to have never gone to WWE. Yeah. And then he goes, he loses to Triple H, if I remember correctly, and mm-hmm. that was it. And also, 
I'm not going to harp on this for a while. I love Dave Meltzer. I get frustrated listening to Dave Meltzer when it comes to Sting and yeah. the Hall of Fame. And he's like, Sting was the biggest star in a regional promotion. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, Sting was our Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the bit. And I don't think Dave ever truly understood what Sting meant to everyone in the southern part of the United States. And clearly almost all the way up the East Coast outside of New England. And for the the. Tony Khan is giving Sting a chance to write an entire new chapter at the end of his career mm-hmm. in a burgeoning promotion in a major angle with one of their major stars. And that means the world to me. And I think that's one of the reasons AEW fans are so there aren't casual AEW fans, man. If you're mm-hmm. an AEW fan, you're pretty hardcore. And it's because of things like this, seeing Tony Khan doing things like this, um, because I feel connected not just to the wrestlers, but also to Tony because he's giving me the wrestling I want. Is it perfect? No. The man's been booking for three years. There's going to be weaknesses, and he's going to continually get better, change things up. And I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the long haul unless he just – I mean, if he pulls a gun and murders somebody, you know, <laughs> I'll be hesitant when I watch Rampage that week. I will be not quite as enthusiastic until it's proven in a court of law that it wasn't a fake Tony Khan being played by Barry Wyndham. <laughs> yeah, right. Which we've all full, seen happen. Fool me stay. once. Fool exactly. me once. Exactly. Okay. So I think that was – was that everything on? I think that was everything that was, on Dynamite. It was literally everything on Dynamite. I don't think Rampage is going to take a long time to talk about. Yeah, we had. Well, we've already talked about Moxley and Page. Yeah, I like Trent versus Nick Jackson. That was good. We had. Um, we had a. We was it Dynamite that we got the Rapungi Vice promo where they yes. where they captured Brand not captured Brandon. Mm-hmm. He was ostensibly supposed to do a Young Bucks promo. They weren't there. Yeah, and. Um, Basically, Trent was nice to the guy. He was. Trent was nice to the guy. Um, old boy wasn't, whose name escapes me at the moment. Old Eye Rocky. Patch. Rocky. Rocky. Yes, Rocky Romero was not being nice. And I feel like something's happening there. I don't know if something's happening there, but it even it got mentioned later in the show about Trent being the nice guy to Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that they acknowledged that Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero in New Japan had at least three major wins over the Young Bucks for the titles. Yep. You don't, like, even even since the era of the Forbidden Doors come upon us, you don't hear a lot of specific, like, mentions. With footage. With footage of AEW wrestlers losing in another promotion. That's kind of awesome. And uh, I'm really excited for next week when we're going to get Rapungi Vice versus the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Jurassic Express promo. There's no way I <laughs> yes. will do this justice. Yeah. But this felt. I'm going to have to go back because you mentioned this before. We I can't wait. To see and, I, and I didn't remember it. So I'm going to go back. We, when you watch this, you have to text me immediately. OK. Like, so Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are cutting a promo and it felt like an old school promo, kind of like Animal and Hawk. Mm-hmm. And where at the end, like Hawk gets slapped on the chest, like tell him Hawk. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the end, like. 
me see. Luchasaurus says like three things during this promo. At the end, there's the chest slap and he roars. And it's mm-hmm. a good roar. It's a solid roar. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the first thing he said was. But each thing is very gravelly, very enthusiastic. Halfway through this promo, Jungle Boy, and I don't even remember who they're talking about at this point. I believe they were talking about the Ass Boys. Yes. I think it was Billy Gunn and the Ass Boys because they attacked Christian. And he's like, it was clear he wasn't calling them the Ass Boys, but they're the Ass Boys mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about this later. It's like it's clear the apple didn't fall far from the tree. And before he got tree out of his mouth, Luchasaurus just growls, Apple! I know I just blew out the mic here. Garrett's going to be going crazy adjusting that. But I almost fell out of my chair. I spit Diet Coke on my screen. It was so random. Him, it, like, Luch, like, Luchasaurus emphasizing the word apple. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous, and I loved it. And I hope this is a thing that keeps going and I hope it makes less sense every time. I hope he starts like throwing out adverbs and like I just insanity. It was ridiculous. How would you like to take us through our boy hook versus Serpentico streamers? Sure. Yes. Because those streamers, versus, yeah. those are first of all, the streamers are phenomenal. Yeah. And they definitely came to play in this match in a big way. Maybe almost as much as Jamie Hayter's gear. Almost, yeah. Almost. In a very different way. Yes. But, yeah, so, you know, look, Hook is, something is going on with Hook. The, this, you know, it started as fun. You know, you're wearing the Hook hat right now. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks and to I, you. I've got the, uh, the T-shirt. It's the first T-shirt I've bought in a while. Uh, there was a certain amount of this, like, we all just agreed we were going to love Hook. Yeah. But, man, he has kept up his end of the bargain uh with his presence and and just how he's been looking so this serpentico match everyone was like this is his first live match will he look as good and i was like what would what would, it's not like they've had to edit his matches before or anything you know yeah and uh that you know he's just you talk about keeping him away from the rest of team taz like they have to because he's just so popular right now it feels like they try and like rub some some of that heat off on the rest of team taz yeah but i think with the rest of team taz you can't have hook cutting the promo and maybe that's why they right. keep him away well also so, hook is just such a good guy right now i mean yeah i, I know that he yeah, attacks people before but true. like he's been his matches he's he's against qt uh, you know, I like that they did the took advantage of the fact that Serpentico is so small by having him do the standing red rum. That was awesome. He had a little grin on his face as he was uh, tapping out. Super fun. There's something they're doing now with Hook, though. I really don't like. I really no. don't like. Okay. He's no longer Hook. Yeah. He is now the cold hearted, handsome devil Hook. The cold hearted, handsome devil Hook. That sounds like something that Jim Ross wrote in a fever dream. That sounds like the writings of an 85-year-old man thinking, oh, the 12-year-old girls watching are going to love when we call him the cold-hearted, handsome devil hook. And they're going to tell their moms about the cold-hearted, handsome devil hook. It makes me die a little each time. And people, my heart isn't that strong. I need it to end quickly. I hope hook ends it. But man... When he dropped QT Marshall mm-hmm. and stepped over the body. And just the walkover, yeah. The walkover. Who would think that something that small 
Mm -hmm. Um, Like, just like his hair is over and his lack of interest in the world is over. Yeah. That dismissive walkover was so awesome. Yeah. Like, and Taz's reaction to it. It was great. Just the chuckle. Everybody on commentary, Chaz was chuckling. Everybody on commentary kind of marked out because they all realized this is this is effing awesome, man. Yeah, and it <laughs> was straight up. So here's here's my theory on this, and this might we might get into this more on our on our special show of, mm-hmm. of Looking Toward Twenty Twenty Two. That sounded I think... so dirty, man. Our special show. <laughs> our special That's show. right. The our boom Patreon. after dark coming up this March. That's We're right. All ring gear all the time. That's right. Uh, is I think they are not going to be able, they, they cannot have hook being the most popular guy on rampage along with Ricky Starks and try to make him hate it. Yeah. So what I would like to see is, um, hook breaking off of team Taz and Taz going with him. So Taz to me right now is not great as a heel. Like he's a great right. talker, but on commentary, he plays it down the middle. He jokes around. He's very friendly with he's everybody. He's too over, just like his son. He's too over. He 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 just doesn't have the, the credibility anymore when he's trying to be a heel. Ricky and Hobbs are really coming into their own. They're great as a team. They're great and, as a two-piece. And Stark can be the mouthpiece. Stark yeah. doesn't need Taz to be a mouthpiece. He's he's so what I would love to see is just Team Taz and Taz just become his dad, yep. you know, who loves his son and Hook be the the baby face we know he can be and feud with Starks and Hobbs. I've got a note here about what did Hobbs say? Hobbs said something with a great delivery because you just mentioned Ricky Starks being the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. And I agree because Ricky Starks can talk. Um Honestly, I don't like him on commentary as much, though. He can he's a yeah. he can deliver a great promo. I don't need him on commentary. But yeah. Hobbs said something like we build killers or something like we that. We build assassins. Yeah. We build assassins. Yeah. Basically, I have too many pages of notes on my iPhone. I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Man, his delivery on we build assassins was great. And again, something small like that can make all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah. But I mean, I you know, tell me, I would love to see a Hook Hobbs match. Oh, my God. <laughs> great would that be? Listen, you make a great point. You really do. And I think, I think like almost every time you come up with a great point like this, you make perfect sense. You absolutely make perfect (laughs) sense because that has to be one of the reasons they're keeping Hook a little separate from the team is because he's so over right now. They've probably been trying to figure out what to do because there's no way they could have predicted how over he would be. Yeah. And man, the crowd went nuts for him like always. They go nuts for his graphics. They go nuts for any mention of him. Like the, uh, we saw it when I was in in Dallas and um, the people that we know that were there in Washington, D.C. this week mm-hmm. both mentioned that, uh, you know, Tony would just bring him out in the commercial break or between the show and just say, do you want to see Hook? And everyone would cheer and Hook would come That's out and take you to chip and, awesome. and then go back in. You know, there's literally just like they know what they have. And I'm, and they just need to not screw it up. I love the idea Tony Khan breaks Hook out to eat a chip. Yeah. But you know what? You know, here's I would the lose, awesome part listen, about it. I am a grown-ass man. Yeah. I am older than I care to admit to the public. Right. Um, which is why I have sweet, happy sweet 16s every September. <laughs> um, I'd mark out for him coming out, eating a chip and leaving. Yeah. I'd mark Great. out. It would be amazing. It's They cheer even more when he leaves. Because he's <laughs> like, because he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Because he doesn't care. Yeah. And Tony just, Khan, 
Tony Khan just sell because Tony Khan, you know, when Tony Khan just gets so excited and he goes horse and you know, shouting yeah. Mike, it's the same thing. He's like, it's a hawk. <laughs> Man, I mean, yeah. the thing is, Hook comes out disinterested because in the end, he's just right. a cold-hearted, handsome devil, man. Cold-hearted, handsome devil. That's all he is. Yeah. He doesn't care about the crowd at all. No. Oh, man. So now, speaking of heat, speaking of over, we've got Anna Jay versus Jade Cargill in the main event. And, of course, it's Rampage. Before the main mm-hmm. event, we've got the interview with Mark Henry, which I'm, uh, I say it every week. I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. that. Um, that Mark Henry is great at that. And my God, was it cringy this week? Yeah, it was. Anna Jay said something. Anna Banana. Anna Banana, that's right, said something to the effect of, like, that hardcore match changed me. Yeah. I choke women out now. Mm-hmm. And it was the, maybe the worst delivery, which, by the way, the best part of that entire promo was Johnny Hungy just flexing the whole time, man. Yeah. Just flexing the whole time. The whole... The whole TBS champion, the the this this bitch, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've never liked it. I've never liked that at all. And now Anna's saying she's that bitch Slayer. Slayer. Mm-hmm. Like none, like none of this, none of this works for me. Um, I something that you mentioned before we went live, which which is like, how do I feel about the TBS title being defended on TNT? Mm-hmm. My brain tells me that I don't care. Yeah, but my brain's a liar, man. It bothers me. <laughs> I think the TBS title should be on Dynamite, but it's clear that Jade needs to be on Rampage because mm-hmm. there needs to be some editing, and mm-hmm. especially like when this match was. I'll tell you what. You tell the people what I texted you when this match was announced. <laughs> you right. tell the people. It just let me pull it up. All it was was pretty much. This is not going to be good, is it? It's, look, this is gonna yeah. be bad. It's, it's gonna be bad, isn't it? And it yeah. was, I got to tell y'all, I want to be fair. Like, I like being fair to people I've been hard on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how edited this match was. Probably significantly. It was not that bad. It was not a terrible match, I didn't think. Wasn't a good match. Wasn't good. It wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It, it was not stars. Like, I would give it some stars. Definitely <laughs> not that many, but some, and that's significant for if this it was, match. If it was a match on television between them with no title and wasn't in the main event, you probably would have thought, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. But being I the main event, that. defending a title, being a face of a network, you're just like, wow, they're... Mm. It's like, yeah. look, they get a lot of criticism for not enough women's matches. Mm-hmm. And like they've been doing women's main events and I'm happy about it. I've loved some of them. One was my favorite match of last year, probably. Mm-hmm. Man, these two ladies aren't the ladies you want to have main eventing your show. Mm-hmm. And I get Jade's a champion, but like, how about she's, you know, again, Thunder Rosa. Have Thunder Rosa wrestle her for the title. Mm-hmm. Anna Jay is too green to be taking on somebody that green. But like, look, I didn't like her promo. She was, this is maybe, it's one of the better Anna J's we've seen in the ring. So it's, again, this all sounds backhanded because I'm like, right. But it's not, it's not meant to be. I expected it to be terrible. It wasn't terrible. Good for Anna J. Good for Jade Cargill. Yeah. They'll get better. They'll, They'll get a little better. So the next big topic we need to talk about is 
we are entering a new era in AEW where people will be leaving. A lot of contracts are running out, and we now have the first people basically say we have the first rumors of who is about to be gone mm-hmm. and the first confirmed person that's going to be gone, and that is Leo Rush, who announced his contract's expiring in February. He's taken other bookings. Apparently, the man signed like a three-month contract for some reason, <laughs> but also Leo Rush well, has retired a number of times. Mm-hmm. He's left a lot of companies right after doing heavy criticism of them, and we have not seen him on TV since the swole thing went down. I don't want to say that's the reason. I have no idea. I don't know any more about right. this and probably less than some people listening, but it 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 feels like maybe it's a similar thing. He's a guy that clearly does not work well with management, not just in AEW, but in WWE as well in other places. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, yes, this is from ignorance, but just perception is he just seems like someone who doesn't want to be held down by anybody. And by and by held down, I mean, have to really report to anybody. He's yeah. his own guy. He just wants to have freedom. That's a core value of his or whatever, yeah. you know, so which I can't hate on because that is yeah. exactly who I am. I I have I make less money than I should because I don't like bosses like legitimately. Yeah. I like doing freelance stuff. I like working remote. Um, I can play well with others. Stresses me out. Yeah. But um, by the way, I had to close my GCW window because I was getting too distracted. But I have since learned FTR did not show up. They are not wrestling mm. the Briscoes. My heart is broken into a million pieces. Luckily, I have a cardiologist appointment coming up soon. Hopefully, this can be handled before I have to see Sky Blue the next time. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but Leo is on that show. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Leo was. Yeah. By the way, I liked Leo's gear on the show for what I've never liked his like shiny onesie thing, whatever mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is. This Power Ranger thing. His Power Ranger thing. It, it like it's something I had to get past yeah. to enjoy Leo, which, by the way, every match Leo's in, I see something new. Like he did. Right. He did a move. I can't even describe it. He did like go back, watch GCW, watch his match. He did some awesome stuff. Um but there's a lot of names out there that are mm-hmm. s- supposedly on the chopping block. Um, I've heard Peter Avalon. I've heard Leva Bates. Um, clearly, Marco's not around. Mm-hmm. He was also on GCW tonight. Um, okay. I've also, I think you've got listed. I've definitely heard Joey Janela, which makes me wonder if that's not why Joey Janela went out, got in shape, got mm-hmm. ring gear that didn't make it look like he had a full diaper. Mm-hmm. He's made some <laughs> solid changes. But like, look. I like Joey Janela. The man's crazy, but I like him for whatever reason. I've seen him do some insane things in person, both in the ring and in bars on Bourbon Street. (laughs) But look, look, if it comes between having Joey Janela and having Keith Lee, you cut Joey Janela. I like Peter Avalon and Leva Bates. I enjoy them on BTE. And like, I, I wish they would have given Leva more of a chance to wrestle because mm-hmm. I think she could have done some good things. But again, them and Keith Lee, Keith Lee. And I'm just using him as generic guy you can pull in because like, look, if you're going to bring in Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, whoever, you've got to right. cut some budget elsewhere. And right. like early on, Peter Avalon was was a decent get because the guy can wrestle. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed his uh, tag team match this week on uh, either Dark or Dark Elevation. Mm-hmm. It was Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy and I believe Wheeler against mm-hmm. him and J.D. Drake. That's right. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching Peter Avalon wrestle. 
And for a, a total nerd, the man has an amazing body. Like it's ridiculous, but yes, uh, deceptively. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's him or a guy that can be in the main event, it's the right move to cut him. And, and frankly, I think Leva and Peter Avalon, those like I, I associate with them because they're angled. They're both librarians. Mm hmm. They could both be huge right now in the Indies. Like mm -hmm. I, I believe they could make a ton of money right now in the Indies, and I think they could go do that anyway. But yeah. you know, like I don't think it hurts them that bad to be released. And I have a feeling anybody gets released will have another shot. Yeah, I think Leva plays a dual role. I think she's got a because she's usually out there keeping time. Yeah, uh, I would out there. But I mean, yeah. a timekeeper can be you know you can move someone else into that slot too. Yeah. So it's not like you know. Aubrey I've Edwards met, on the video game team or something where it's a highly yeah. skilled role. I've met I've met a couple timekeepers like at um WrestleMania weekend type deals mm -hmm. where there's 30 matches and they're like, Yeah, I just flew in on my own dime trying to get work and they got work. They work like I saw them timekeep like 30 shows. Wow. And I love that they like they're just like, let's put a show together. Who do we hire as timekeeper? Yeah. Somebody will show up. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody'll be there. <laughs> um, all right. We are Oh, my God. We're almost in an hour and a half. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> should have been on Dynamite. What do you have this week, Kevin? I got a couple of things. One, I want to give them kudos because they did include something that should have been on Dynamite on Dynamite, which was the video package leading into Spears and Punk. But it was on the road two footage, road two footage that they cut down and put in to introduce the match. So that's great. They again, they're probably listening to this show and got the idea there. Uh there was also a, a, a pretty fun uh, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia promo after a squash mm -hmm. match on Dark that I thought was great and really should have been on Dynamite because it really set up the match next week. Uh, and Garcia really made a case for himself as a star of the future, uh, saying that he he's coming for titles this year. He doesn't. What do you he say? He he's didn't coming to, for the TNT title. The TNT year, title specifically. specifically. And yeah. he's tired of being told great performance. Yeah. Which I liked. I think he said, I think he said something to the effect of, even if I don't like win the TNT title this year, I'm still coming and taking it. Yeah. It was something to that effect. And it yeah. felt very 2.0 to me. It felt, yeah. which again, anytime they're on, anytime they're talking, I love it. Yeah. Um, I've got two things. Number one, the GCW show that's happening right now, it's half AEW. Check it out. And it's in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. And I believe New York City doesn't allow like the hardcore stuff, death matches. Mm. So if you're somebody that might have been interested in GCW and all the Matt Cardona stuff they have going on, but mm -hmm. you're not into death matches, this is the show to check out. But also go to Danhausen's YouTube. Look <laughs> for the video Danhausen versus the Ass Boys. It's a five minute video. There's two segments there's Danhausen talking to austin and what's the other one's name colton colton austin and colton ass austin, mm -hmm. aka austin and colton gun mm -hmm. and then there's uh, another segment where they're at the um they're at a major convention in i believe chicago mm -hmm. and they're at an aw booth along with billy gunn and Danhausen with his broken i think leg mm -hmm. rolls up on him in little in a little cart mm -hmm. and um he starts he starts talking he starts shit talking talking about the ass boys they're acting really offended being called the ass boys and then he pulls out and this was posted i think one day ago i think it was posted friday um he pulls out their their new shirt that has the like sons of a gun mm -hmm. 
crossed mm-hmm. out with ass boys underneath. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, this was posted elsewhere, but he just posted this. It's an easy way to find it. Mm-hmm. And he's talking with them, and then they're telling him he has to leave. And finally, he does leave, and he basically says, I'll see y'all at the ass ranch. And Billy Gunn <laughs> loses his shit. He cracks Billy Gunn up so hard. I'm sorry, Billy ass. Yes. Um, so hard. He almost falls off what he's sitting on. And it's just worth seeing. Dan Housen, somebody we're going to have a long discussion yes. about in our special. Because yes. he's amazing. He's but great. Can, could he possibly fit into AW? That's a that's going to be a fun discussion. We're going to have but, to find a way. But it's a great five minutes. Go watch the, it. He's literally Dan Housen. Yeah. Is legitimately getting these guys over. I don't know if we yeah. talked about it. But last week on Dark, they yeah. had a, they had a, a, a six-man... And they came out and said, if anybody, cha- I think we did. If anybody chanced the ass boys were yeah. leaving, they yep. started chanting, and it was Billy Gunn versus three dudes. Yeah. There's angles yeah. in AEW built by Dan Housen. Dan Housen. He's selling shirt because that they wore He's that sell- shirt on Dark. Well, AEW is a t-shirt company. Yeah, so. that's true. That's right. true. Nothing more. The, one of my favorite aspects of that is how uh, Billy is trying to lead his sons to embrace it. Yeah. Like, he's fine with it. Yeah. There's literally a tweet. There's literally a, cause they talk trash on Twitter back and forth all the time. Yeah. And there's literally the tweet from Billy Gunn where he's like, son, you need to embrace the ass. You've got to embrace the ass. Yeah. They also talk about how Billy Gunn, how, uh, Bill, oh, there's a great discussion about how they were all on the Jericho cruise, which Dan hasn't caused the Jericho cruise and how mm-hmm. every morning, how Billy Gunn, I'm sorry, Billy ass has the, the biggest ass in wrestling history because <laughs> he was in the gym every morning, just him, Dan Housen and Brian cage every morning <laughs> while these guys are out eating ice cream. And then one of them reveals he did have an ice cream, yep. which leads to dissension within the rank of the ass boys. See, layers. Yeah. Colton didn't realize that Austin had had some ice cream oh my god it's a wonderful thing i feel like Danhausen is working to get that contract and my god even if he's only on darker elevation he may have earned it at yeah. this point oh he's earned it it's just a matter of whether he's going to get it yeah it's a work of art though it's a f- and listen i didn't know who Danhausen was a year ago yeah me either. i've only been watching him for a couple really since around the time he broke his leg maybe a little bit before mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm loving it you know his names for everyone, like CM mm-hmm. Punk is Pepsi, Pepsi Man or yep. Pepsi, Pepsi Boy, Man. Pepsi mm-hmm. Man. It's all phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I feel like, well, we'll, you know what? Everything I want to say, we'll save for the special for our special for the Patreon page, which again is dropping either Thursday or Friday, the first week of February. So basically next week. Um, Again, if you haven't checked out the Fight Game Media page, go check out FightGameMedia.com. Whether you're into wrestling, boxing, MMA, it is the place to be. Uh, every Monday, there's a great breakdown I love to check out from the week in uh, in MMA, which this was been a, this was a big week for MMA yeah. with UFC 270 happening. And please go check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/FightGameMedia. I hope you'll try and support us, support everybody there. It's only five dollars a month, and you get a lot of extra shows, including a special show from us every month. This week talking about what's coming in AEW, breaking down free agents. Of course, then in in uh, in March we're going to have the Boom After Dark where we discuss all the ladies' ring gear, maybe some of the men's <laughs> ring gear. JD Drake has had some really interesting ring gear, ladies and gentlemen. And are we going to see it much longer if they if they release Peter Avalon and we lose the wingmen? Yeah, that could be devastating to a lot of people. Out huge, there. huge repercussions. Yeah, follow me at Peppermint Fatty everywhere. Follow Kevin. Where we follow you, Twitter? At Kevin Ely. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want. Yeah. 
and come hang out, talk with us both in the Fight Game Media Group on Facebook. Have a great week, everybody. Look really. Oh, wait, before we go, we've got to talk with the big matches coming up this week. What matches oh, yeah. are we going to enjoy together? You at home, us here on the podcast next week. It's a pretty stacked lineup, although there's one match that I don't think feels right for Beach Break, which, of course, is the perfect name for any pay-per-view you're going to have in the dead of winter when it's 21 <laughs> degrees outside. In Cleveland, dog, Ohio. Really, yeah, in Cleveland, Ohio. And my dog, of course, really needs to go outside and yeah. just crane her head around on the back porch because it's 18 <laughs> degrees in Louisiana. Yeah. Give us this lineup, Kevin. Okay, real fast. Cody Rhodes and Sammy and the ladder. On a ladder. Match. Yeah. On a ladder for the TNT title. Adam Cole versus. And maybe Orange for Cassidy. two weeks off as well. As well. I could Yeah, maybe quite know. a two week vacation and PTO yes. on the line. Exactly. Sorry, Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. Um, lights out match, which has got to be the main event. Probably good. anytime they've had a lights out match, it's been a brutal affair. So yeah, we'll probably see some uh, brutal. Can Orange Cassidy handle this? Can his yam bag handle this <laughs> only time will, tell will he bleed different. orange yeah uh jericho santana ortiz versus garcia in 2.0 definitely gonna uh, be no interference in that one yeah absolutely not and None. then we will we will hear from cm punk about what we don't know but most likely has something to do with being chicago the week after that maybe challenging mgf to a match on dynamite and Please, it's in cleveland six weeks so you know not to be too wishful thinking but there are rumors of johnny gargano maybe making Ooh. a decision to return to wrestling and if he were to next week would be a good do time it. to do it but as we learned tonight we can't just you know always hope that the the thing we want to happen is going to happen because ftr has let us down tonight already so hope for the best prepare for the worst which That's is right. what i was doing with that rampage main event and it paid off yep and then next week on rampage we have no matches announced but i'm sure we're going to get more hook I think we're going to get, we're definitely going to get, there's also legit Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet as part of Beach Break. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. How dare you lose, clearly the See? main event, and at least in everyone's <sighs> hearts. This guy just don't respect women. That's all it is. That's all it is. I've been, you know, I didn't want to be the one to say it, Kevin. <laughs> all right. That's it. I'm excited. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Go like, go follow. I was about to tell people how to find this podcast. You're listening. You know how to find us. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.